what is self-sabotage? So when we think about self-sabotage, self-sabotage is when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals or stop them from moving forward with other blessings because of how they see themselves or even how they see others. Self-sabotage is something that can happen consciously or unconsciously, right? Self-sabotaging can hinder your personal as well as your professional success, as well as your mental health, as well as your spiritual life, right? So tonight's topic is breaking self-sabotage. And tonight's focus scripture is Romans 7, 15 through 24. Romans 7, 15 through 24. And I am going to read in two versions on tonight. The first version that I'm going to be reading is the NIV version. And the second version that I am going to be reading out of is the message version. All right, so Romans 7, 15 through 24 says this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So if I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death, right? First of all, that is one of the most relatable uh, verses or passages of scripture. You, Who can relate to that? Who can relate to Paul saying, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate to do, I find myself doing. For even though I know the law, there is another law at work in me that that I'm waging that law that's in work in me. The sinful nature in me is waging war against the law of my mind. How many of you guys know what it feels like to be reading your Bible? But then as soon as you come up out of your word, there is another sinful nature that's working and waging war against what you are saying and what you are praying. You come out of prayer, you come out of a fast, but it seems like something is waging war against your mind. It seems like something is making you a prisoner of the law of sin at work within you. Come on now. So this scripture is a great example of some of the thoughts a person may experience who is dealing with self-sabotage. The text starts off by saying, I do not understand what I do. And under, in other words, I don't understand me. 
In other words, I don't know why I act like that. In other words, I don't know why I'm always messing up what God sends me. In other words, I don't know why I'm always messing up the blessings. In other words, I don't know why I pray for things. And when God send it, I messed it up. In other words, I don't understand why I pray and fast and then I go sin again. In other words, I don't understand why I read the word and then I turn around and do opposite of what the word tells me to do. In other words, I don't know why I say, Lord, I love you, but in the same time, in the same, out of the same mouth, I'm sitting up here talking about people. Lord, I don't understand why I say, hallelujah, that I'm a daughter of God, but I live like a peasant. In other words, I don't understand me. I don't understand why I move the way that I move. I don't understand me. Have you ever said to yourself, I don't understand this person. I don't know why they act like that. I don't understand such and such. But the text says, I don't understand what I do. It even went on to say for what I want to do, I do not do, but I do what I hate. Doesn't that sound like self-sabotage to somebody in here? Doesn't that sound like self-sabotage? Have you ever said to yourself, I know what I should be doing. I know what I need to do. I know where I should go. I know the type of person I should be with. However, you still don't do it. That's self-sabotage. I'm going to read Romans 7, 5 through, I'm going to read Romans 7, 15 through 24 again, but this time I'm going to read it in the message version because I, I really want you guys to really get the context. I really want you guys to really uh, hone in on what the scripture is saying. So I'm going to read Romans 7 again, 15 through 24, and it's going to be in the message version. So it says, I can already anticipate the, re the response that is coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I am full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't know, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's commands is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law, but I still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in the, that delight. Part of me covertly rebels, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that a real question?
That's the message version. Somebody need to know that the Bible is real good, all right? <laughs> so the message version says, I know all my commands. I know all of God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. In other words, Paul admits to being fleshly. In other words, he said what he doesn't understand about himself is that he decide one way, but then he act another way, doing things that he absolutely despise. Does this sound familiar to anybody? My pastor was preaching on Sunday and she said something. She said something so powerful. She said that God is not schizophrenic because a lot of times we 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 find ourselves being double-minded and we find ourselves making one decision and then we'll turn around and make another decision and we'll turn around and make another decision. And then we'll say, well, you know, I'm just still waiting to hear from God. I'm still waiting to see what God wants me to do. But what you need to get, you need to really practice is going back to, to take heed and going back to listen to the first thing that God told you to do. What was the first thing that he told you to do? God doesn't really change his mind. And I'm not even going to say really, God doesn't change his mind. He's not schizophrenic. A lot of times at one season, you'd be like, God told me to be this. And God told me to do this. And God told me to do this. And God told me to do this. But then another season come and you'd be like, well, I feel like God wanted me to do this now. You really need to understand that God is not double-minded. It's you that is operating in your fleshly nature and it's you that is being double-minded. So you really need to go back to the first thing that God told you to do. How can you measure whether or not it was you that was speaking or whether or not it was God that was speaking? What, what frame of mind were you in when you heard God? What frame of mind were you in when you heard God? See, one thing about me, I really don't do too well with all of these worldly, uh, these worldly uh, vision board things and all of those things. I don't do too well with that. But what I do do well with is prophecy. What I do do well with is hearing from God. So when I'm when I know that I've been in a place of worship, when I know that I've been in a place of prayer, when I know that my spirit is right and God is speaking to me, I take heed to it and I begin to write it down. I'll put it in the notes in my phone. I have a prophecy folder in my iPhone and I'll just begin to put down what God is downloading in my mind when my spirit is right, when my heart is right, when I ain't offended towards nobody, when I ain't emotional, when I ain't crazy, when I ain't feeling crazy, when I ain't feeling all jacked up, when I know I'm not in sin. See, those are the moments, hallelujah, when you can begin to trust what it is that you are hearing. Those are the moments when you can begin to trust the revelation of God. Are y'all following me? See, a lot of times when you get in seasons and you're in sin or you're dealing with certain issues, you got offense in your heart or your mind jacked up or you're dealing with all type of things. Those are not the right times for you to begin to trust what it is that you are saying. Because sometimes you'll get your voice twisted with God's. And it's not that God cannot speak to you when you are in that state of mind because he can. But is it you that are going to be willing to listen to the voice of God? Or are you going to begin to allow the enemy's voice to be louder in your mind? I hope this is making sense to y'all. How often do you decide one way 
but then you do things another way. How often do you decide one way, but then do things that you despise? How often do you say that you're going to do something, but you don't do it? How often do you decide that you are going to pursue healthy relationships, yet you continue up and you end up in toxic connections and even toxic friendships, or you even end up being a toxic one? How often have you decided that you know you want a better life, but you talk yourself out of it? How many of you guys have talked yourself out of a blessing? How many of you guys have talked yourself out of a good situation? How many of you guys have talked yourself out of a good relationship or a good friendship or a good whatever, whatever blessing it is? How many of you guys have talked yourself out of something that you know that God has blessed you with? Oh, I'm not good enough for it. Oh, no, I don't don't think I'm ready for that. Oh, I'm not ready for that. I can be the first person to raise my hand to say that self-sabotage has played a role in my life. Uh, But I just decree and declare now, hallelujah, that self-sabotage will come down now in the name of Jesus, that we will no longer be tormented or we will no longer operate from a spirit of self-sabotage. I just decree and declare it now in the name of Jesus that we will be free from self-sabotage now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The message version says that when we are in this state of mind, we cannot be trusted to figure out what is best for ourselves and then do it. It becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. One thing that I am learning about myself, y'all, is this is that if I'm under any type of stress, especially emotional stress, I cannot trust myself to make decisions in that moment. I posted two years ago that saying that I'm not in a good headspace right now and that I don't trust myself to make decisions is mature adulting, is healthy adulting. For you to be real with yourself and for you to be real with other people and to say, I really don't trust myself making decisions right now. I know you are presenting this opportunity to me, but I don't really trust myself to make decisions right now. See, one thing that I recognized about Jesus is that when when he was out there praying and fasting and then the enemy came up to him and then the enemy tried to offer him all of this and this and that, if he would bow down and worship him, he told him to flee from him. He said, flee from me. He didn't really give him much conversation. He said, flee from me. He said, flee, hallelujah. Some of you guys are in a season right now where you need to tell the enemy to get thee behind me. Some of you guys are in a season right now where you need to tell the enemy to get behind you that you ain't I don't have much conversation for you right now because what the enemy likes to do when you are in a season like that he wants you to make the wrong decision how many of you know that the wrong decision can cost you years and years and years of wasted time you ain't got time to waste baby how many of you know that one wrong decision can jack up your life how many of you know that one wrong decision can jack up your life life. You got to get to a point where you say, I am not in a place right now, hallelujah, to involve myself in this type of conversation. No, I'm not in a place right now 
my God, I'm not in a place right now to make sound decisions about who I need to be in a relationship because if I leave it up to me, I'll be with you because I know I'm horny. I know that I'm vulnerable. I know that I'm, I'm real lonely right now. So if I leave it up to me, yeah, I'll lay down with you. I'll be with you for time being. You know, I'll use you as a void filler. I'll let you fill this little void for time being when I really know that you ain't really even the one that I want to be with. Yeah, I'll take this uh this opportunity that you're throwing at me, you know, because I'm I'm broke right now. So I need the money. So I'm willing to compromise, although I know that it goes against what God is telling me to do, but I'm willing to do it because I'm broke and I need the money. You cannot trust yourself to make decisions based off of your circumstances. You got to begin to get in a place where you like, God, I'm going to need you to lead me in this. God, I need your word to help me in this. Many of you got, got, some of us have gotten ourselves into bad credit situations where our credit is very, very messed up because we made decisions when we were not in the best frame of mind, we were not in the best state of mind and we began to make decisions when you were not in the right frame of mind. Do you see how this works together? Do you see how the enemy will try to get you to make decisions when you are not in the right frame of mind? It is self-sabotage. I really, really pray that y'all are getting this on tonight. In all honesty, we should be relying on God anyways to assist us in making any decision as well as relying on wise counsels, spiritual counsels. However, we know that that is not always the case. It's easy to self-sabotage when you are up under a lot of stress. It's easy to self-sabotage when you are under emotional stress, when you are in sin, when you are feeling self-conscious, when you have low self-esteem, when you're not feeling beautiful, you'll end up with anybody. When you're not feeling pretty, you'll end up with anybody. When you're feeling lonely, you'll end up with anybody. When you're feeling needy, you'll end up anywhere. It's easy to self-sabotage when you feel offended. When you feel offended, you'll cut everybody off. When you feel offended, you'll walk out of all type of friendships. When you feel offended, you'll leave the church. When you feel offended, you'll unfriend people. You'll block people for no reason when you get offended. And you'll self-sabotage the very blessing that God is trying to send in your life. It's easy to self-sabotage during those moments. It's easy to self-sabotage. Verse 17 through 20 says this, but I need something more. For if I know the law, but I still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't. Hold on, let me start right there. Let me start right there. Um, because 
I don't want you guys to think that this is only when you can self-sabotage anything, not only money, not only bad relationships, you can self-sabotage a job. You can self-sabotage anything, any type of blessing that you know you heard God. You heard God tell you to go back to school, but things have gotten real hard. So all of a sudden, oh, God don't want me to be stressed out. You know, God don't want me to be going through A, B, and C. No, what did God tell you to do? You know what I'm saying? You can, you can, you can self-sabotage. God told you, you know, he told you that you were going to the nations. He told you that he had called you certain places, certain places. But you won't even go get a passport. You won't even go take the, the different steps to do what it is that you got to do. You can self-sabotage as it relates to your eating. You know that God has called you to eat healthier. But the moment you get stressed out, you'll go sit on the sofa and you'll go eat a whole bowl of ice cream. You'll eat a whole bag of chips. That's self-sabotaging your future. That's self-sabotaging your health. And you'll start saying things like, oh, I've always been this way. You know, I just, I deserve this. And one thing that's uh, self-sabotage, one thing you deal with is I deserve itis. I deserve itis. Itis. <laughs> I deserve itis. Well, I've been through hell today, so I deserve to eat this whole bucket of ice cream. You know what? I, I had a hard day, so I deserve to go spend all of my money. You know, things are so hard. I'm so stressed out. I, I deserve to go buy these shoes when I know I don't need these shoes, but I, I just need some shopping therapy. I deserve itis will cause you to do things based off of your emotions and your self-sabotaging. Okay, y'all want to act like y'all want to act like we're not in the right room tonight. So we're going to get back to the scripture. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. I decide to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets better gets the better of me every time. This is one of the most relatable verses ever. Paul, he was so relatable, relatable here. He was so real. This is being super real. This is keeping it 1000. This is keeping it 1000. Some of us don't have a money problem. Some of us have a self-sabotaging problem. You get frustrated because you don't have enough money to cover one thing. So instead of paying what you can, you go spend everything that you have on something else, on food, on movies, on doing everything else besides spending what you can, paying your tithes. So you self-sabotage because you like, God, I'm, it's not enough anyway. It's not enough to cover it anyway. I don't know, but I know I'm in the right room. Oh, if I don't have enough money to cover this, I'm just going to go spend it on this. God is dealing with how you manage your money. 
I don't care how many statuses you share and say, I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. You will not be the first millionaire if you're fam- in your family if you don't get a manage on how you manage money. You know good and well you have food in your house, but you study DoorDash. You know good and well you got food in your cabinets, but you study buying food. You're self-sabotaging your future. It's self-sabotage. We break the spirit of I deserve it. Yes, you deserve good things, but we break that I deserve itis out of you. I deserve itis begins to show up in moments to where you're like, I'll just, I'll just call out of work today. You know, I'm really stressed out. I'll just be late to work anyway, you know. Um, I'll just, all of the self, I'm trying to tell y'all how to identify self-sabotaging. I really want to get through this message, but we got to be able to identify what self-sabotage sounds like. Let me, let me go on. Let me go on. Let me go on. Some of us need to admit and be honest that we need something more, that we need help. Some of us got to be honest that we need help. Some of us have been self-sabotaging for years, especially when you became an adult. You always telling yourself that you deserve disaster. You don't say it out of your mouth. I deserve this toxic relationship. I deserve to keep overeating. I deserve to lose this job. I deserve not to finish school. I deserve not to have any friends. You don't say those words, but your actions trick you into having people walk out of your life. Your actions trick you into gaining weight. Your actions trick you into being broke. Your actions trick you into living paycheck to paycheck. Your actions trick you into not being in a relationship. Your actions trick you trick you out of being at the right church. Your actions trick you out of all of these different type of things. It's self-sabotage. If you know the word of God, or if you read the word of God, but you still don't do it. If the power of sin within you keeps sabotaging your best intentions, like you have good intentions. Many of you on here, you really do have good intentions, but you just won't do it. Then obviously you need help. You have good intentions. You really do want to do better, but you just won't do it. That's self-sabotage, y'all. A lot of times, y'all, self-sabotage creeps in when we are trying to do things on our own, on our own. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times, self-sabotage creeps in when we are trying to do things on our own. Self-sabotage thrives in isolation. Let me say this again. Self-sabotage thrives in isolation. Why? Because that's the perfect time for you to talk yourself out of good things. 
when you are in isolation, when you are alone, that's the perfect time for you to talk yourself out of good things. Uh, Don't jump off, y'all. Really, really stick here because I really feel like God wants to counsel cancel that spirit of self-sabotage in your life self-sabotage has really been holding you back do not jump off y'all and this is not no witchcraft i'm not trying to force y'all to get this but i really just hear god with this self-sabotage and it's really 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 hindering you god wants you in good friendships He wants you in good relationships. He don't want you living paycheck to paycheck. He don't want you broke. He don't want you always offended. He don't want you always moving around from place to place. God wants you to have some stability. Again, God is not double-minded. He wants you to live a life of abundance. But how can you live a life of abundance when you always sabotaging everything that he sends? You mess it up. There's no better way for me to say that. I'm sorry. It hurts. It stings. But it's the truth. Every blessing that he sends your way, you mess it up. Yes, you. I know it's so good to get on here and say, oh, they hurt you. Oh, they were were the ones that were toxic. No, it's you being toxic. It's you being double-minded. It's you being offended and making people not want to deal with you. It's you. Somebody need to understand like and say, it's me, God, standing in the need of prayer. It's me that's been jacked up lately. It's me that's been going into isolation. It's me that's been messing up what you send. It's me that's been messing up my money. It's me. I know I probably lost a few of y'all right there, but it's the truth. I'm sorry. Self-sabotage thrives in isolation because that's the perfect time for you to talk yourself out of good things. Stop talking yourself out of good things. You deserve to have good things. You deserve to have a good relationship. You deserve to have good friends. God has sent you good friends, but you keep sabotaging the relationship. My God, let's settle this thing right here. That God wants you alone. Let's break this thing right here that is lonely at the top. It ain't lonely at the top, baby. It ain't lonely at the top. I decree and declare now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that everybody that is connected to me, they are going to elevate with me. And I refuse like hell to be lonely at the top. I ain't going to be lonely at no top. I refuse it. I refuse to be lonely at the top. I know the devil is a lie. And that's why you got to stop saying all of these worldly sayings all this stuff that you see on social media will have you jacked up it ain't no lonely at the top i refuse to be in the mansion and be in there alone you got me messed up baby my family gonna be with me my loved ones gonna be with me my husband gonna be with me my mentees gonna be with me my friends are gonna be with me whoever ain't for me they'll fall off by themselves but i refuse to be lonely at the top period and that's period i don't care what your mom 
mama said about you need to be alone. You got to break that. I'm so, oh my God, break it now in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be lonely at the top. I refuse it. I refuse it. I know what isolation feels like. I went through a whole season of isolation. I know what it feels like to be isolated. Yes, there are seasons when you got to deal with some things on your own, but God doesn't want you isolated. His word said that it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. You want to you wanna use that scripture only for marriage purposes, but you need to come out of that season of isolation and I can speak to you about it. I'm qualified to speak about it. I've spent years in isolation. I spent years in being offended. I spent years in telling people I don't want to be bothered. I spent years, hallelujah, in self-sabotaging. So I'm not speaking about something I read out of a book. I'm speaking to you about something that I live. And isolation will cause delay to happen. Isolation will cause you to be delayed because nothing is meant to be alone. And that is just period. Period. That's just period. Break out of it. I know Drake said no new friends, but you need to get some new friends. And I ain't say cut your old friends off, but you need to evolve. You need to get new friends. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you to cut your old friends off, but that no new friends mess is nonsense. Hallelujah. God wants to send new people into your life. Hallelujah. But you're so worried about being so, my God, I'm just going to move on right there. I'm just going to move on right there. You talk yourself out of good things. Good relationships, good friendships, good jobs, good churches, good eating habits, good money management, good, just good anything. You talk yourself out of it because deep down you feel like you don't deserve it. You want it, but you feel like you don't deserve it. Like you want it, but you something in you that keeps telling you that if I get it, I'm gonna mess it up. Most of all of you know that there, you feel like when, when you're alone, you feel like there's no one holding you accountable. But I want you to know that God is. God is holding you accountable. Everyone is accountable to God. And I'm not saying that that is in the scripture. Romans 3 and 19 says this. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and that the whole world held accountable to God. Everyone is accountable to God. We are all being held accountable for the things that we do, for the words that we speak, for the time that we have here on this earth, our obedience, whether or not we are being a good steward, we are all being held accountable. But isolation is the place where self-sabotage lives. Isolation is the place where self-sabotage thrives. It's just like that saying. Have you guys ever heard people say that bacteria 
germs, roaches, all of those different type of things, they thrive in dark places. How many of you guys back in the day, you'll go in the kitchen and roach, you'll, as soon as you turn the lights on, roaches, they'll just start scattering every single place. But when they in the dark, they can do what they want to do. But when you turn on a light and when you expose them, they begin to scatter and they begin to die. What's happening in your dark place? What's living in your dark place? What's thriving in that dark place? But I bet if you get some light in there, if you begin to turn on the light, if you begin to open up the curtains, if you begin to let people inside, if you begin to let God in there, if you begin to play some worship music in there, if you begin to get around the right friends that will say, girl, get up out of that hell. Girl, get up out of that dark place. Girl, what are you doing? Girl, what are you thinking? Why are you with him? He and you you, you better than that. You need better than that. What is thriving in your dark place and who you got in your dark place that's speaking to you? You need some light. Get some light. Hallelujah. Are you self-sabotaging? Are you allowing negative thoughts to win? Are you talking yourself out of dreams and visions? Are you talking yourself out of good things? What's happening in your life right now? Are you self-sabotaging? The scripture goes on to say, I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will, but I, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. Meaning you can do it, but you just don't. You can decide on it. You can write it on your planner. You can write it on your smart board, your whiteboard, your vision board, your refrigerator, your sticky note, but you don't carry it out. That's self-sabotage. Scripture also says that my decisions don't result in actions. Many, my God, many of you, you have decisions, but they are just mere decisions they are just thoughts that are that are living in your mind but they your actions are not aligning <laughs> we have to get to a point where we go further than making decisions to be better we got to get to a point to where we go further than making a decision to be different, to making a decision to do right, to making a decision to have more, to have standards, to not go back, to have boundaries, but our decisions must result in actions. Are you taking action? Many of you have the right decisions. You have the right mindset, but your actions are your actions are not lining up. Some of us have a made up mind. The only thing that we are lacking is taking action. Some of us have truly decided to do better in our mind, but because of fear, because of negative self-talk, because of self-doubt, we are not taking action. That's self-sabotage, y'all. And that's a wall standing in front of you and your promised land. Verse 20, Verse 21 and 23 says this. See, let me, let me stop right here really quick. All right. Last week, we talked about how the promise is already yours. A lot of times we'd be like, God, send the promise. God, send the husband. God, send the millions. God, send the finances. God, send the house. God, help me to graduate school. God, send the degree. God, help me to get this. Help me to start the business. Help me to be successful. 
all of those things are already yours. It's already yours. The promise is already yours, but there's something standing in between you and that promise. And it's simply a wall. It's your poverty mindset, your poverty mentality. It's your self-sabotaging thoughts, the, the negative thoughts that you have in your mind, the things that you allow to enter your ear gates, the things that you allow to enter your heart, your offense. Why do you think so many people leave this world without accomplishing what God told them to accomplish? Why do you think that so many people leave this world without making it to their promised land? If there is a wall in front of you or standing between you and your promised land, I know you want God to just knock that wall down. God could have knocked the wall down for Joshua. He really could. But he told Joshua, he gave him instructions. And it was by his faith. And it was by him taking action that the wall came down and that he was able to possess the promised land. So, so many of you are frustrated because your promise is not, you, you haven't walked over or crossed over into your promised land yet, but you don't want to take the action that it takes to take the wall down in your life. You don't want to take the, do the action that it takes to break self-sabotage, to, to learn financial literacy, to, 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 to work on whatever it is that you need to work on so that you can walk into the promised land. What will happen if you get to the promised land, but you don't deal with the wall? You'll sabotage. You'll mess it up. Like you've been doing. What will happen if God sends you your husband, but you won't deal with that spirit of rejection, that spirit of abandonment? You'll self-sabotage a good thing because you don't feel like you are worthy. What will happen if God send you people that is supposed to help you build your million dollar business? You'll run them all away because you won't, you won't deal with your nasty attitude. You won't deal with your double mind in it. One day you want to be, oh, hello, everybody. I love you. The next minute you want to say, oh, I don't fool with, I don't, I don't, I ain't for everybody. People are not, people are tired of dealing with double minded people. Nobody ain't got time for all of that. It's time to grow up. It just is. It is. You want to be a CEO, but you don't want to treat people right. You want to be a CEO, but you don't want to treat the people that God is sending into your life right. How make, make it make sense. Make it make sense. You want the millions, but you don't want to deal with the spending habit that you have. Even some of you may not even want millions. You may just want the thousands. You may just want to have, be, have enough money to, live, to survive month to month, but you have a spending habit. You won't deny your flesh. You won't deny that flesh. Let me tell y'all something. If anybody on here know me, I love coffee. I used to love Starbucks, but God removed the taste uh, for, star for Starbucks from me. However, what I'm learning now is this, is that I have, God has given me power over addiction. 
So anything that I feel myself getting addicted to, I'll either take a fast from it or I'll either pray for God to remove that taste or remove it out of my life. So anything that you are addicted to, I want you to know that you have authority over it and God has given you the power, the power to break that addiction. One thing that I'm doing um, right now, and I'm only sharing this with you guys for the, the sake of this message is fasting from anything that I believe has become an addiction. It could be the simple things like coffee, whatever it is, you know what it is that you may be addicted to, whatever it is, whatever it is. You just got to begin to say, God, listen, do away with it. Break it. Break whatever it is that's trying to break me. And then after you fast from it, he may not be telling you to put coffee down permanently, but he may be showing you that you don't have to go to Starbucks every single day. He may be showing you that you don't have to um, buy sneakers and tennis shoes every week or every month. He may be showing you um, whatever whatever your habit is. He may be showing you that it's okay for you to do that periodically, but it's not something that you have to do every day. So you have power over anything that you are addicted to. We're almost done. We're almost done. Verse 21 through 23 says, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that that not all of me joins in that delight. Part of me rebels, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. So it's self-sabotage happening so much to the point where it's predictable, to where you already know when it's coming. How many of you guys are able to identify when you are self-sabotaging? And how many of you guys are not able to identify when you are self-sabotaging? Just put yes or no in the comments. Do you know when you're self-sabotaging or you don't know when you're self-sabotaging? Just put yes or no in the comments. Like, is there something in your mind that tells you like when you're self-sabotaging, like, dang, like say for instance, if somebody, you know, um, they want to bless you for whatever reason. And then you send them a long message back about why, I, you know, um, somebody may want to bless you for whatever reason. And you send them a long message back, like, you know, no, thank you. Or I'm good. You know, just, just denying people. When you know good and tell well, you need help, but you don't want nobody to say that they help you or you don't want nobody to say or have a one up on you that they help you or whatever. That's self-sabotage. It's self-sabotage as well as pride. Self-sabotage and pride goes hand in hand. It's self-sabotage because you're sabotaging another opportunity for that person to, to even try to offer any assistance to you again. Yeah, sometimes we realize afterwards that we are self-sabotaging. You know, me personally, God has now given me the ability to identify when I'm engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts. Sometimes I'll be like, I already know, I feel it. 
you know, I feel it. I, I hear the, I hear the words in my mind. I hear it in my mind where, where I'm like, I'm self-sabotaging this self self-sabotage also could, um, could show up to where you try to break out of something or you, or you try to cut out of something before it cuts you. I can tell when a thought or an action is self-sabotage. And exa- another example could be God sending a good friend in my life. But because I never had good friends, I began to anticipate something bad happening. And the slightest thing that that, that happens or the slightest thing that that person does, such as if that person is not available when I call or if that person takes too long to text me back, or that person forgets something important, I automatically cut them off and I deem them as not a real friend. That's self-sabotage. That is self-sabotage. That's sabotaging a good friendship based off of your insecurities, based off of your fear of abandonment, based off of your rejection. So then you got to ask the question is like, like you have these insecurities, you have a fear of abandonment and you also have fear of rejection. So oftentimes people with this mentality wants to get them before they get me. Cause it's going to make you feel a little better. You think that it's going to make you feel better. So you want to cut them first before they cut you. Another example is you want to quit the job first before they fire you or you do something bad to the point where they have no choice but to fire you so that you can prove yourself right that you really can't keep a job or that no one really likes you or they don't like you or this and this and that. Self-sabotage is rooted in you wanting to prove your negative thoughts right because these negative thoughts are already in your head. They really are, if you could be honest. I don't care how good of a friend that person is to you. We all have negative thoughts brewing in the back of our mind. Oh, girl, you can't really trust her. Oh, girl, see, I told you, you really can't trust her. You don't know. You don't know if you can trust her like that. You you already have negative thoughts brewing in the back of your mind. If somebody send you a sow a seed into you or send you a blessing in the back of your mind, you thinking, uh, what are they gonna want me to do? Or am I gonna have to do something, you know, for this blessing? Or are they if somebody wanna be nice to you or send you a, a a a big birthday present or something like that for your gift, you your birthday, and you like, oh, am I gonna are they expecting me to do that? So you want to reject the gift or you want to say, oh, no, I don't need it. All of those different type of things. You want to prove those negative thoughts, right? So you end up self-sabotaging. So you can prove the enemy, right? And so you can prove those negative thoughts, right, that you have. So like I said, I know this doesn't sound good, but it's true. You spent all year making movies up in your head about how this person is not good for you how this person is terrible so instead of seeing seeing the good in them you begin to scan every negative thing about them so that you can find a reason to cut them off and let me say this we as women gotta stop it we are so quick to cut women off 
But when it comes down to these men, if it wasn't for the sake of this podcast, I would have said something else. But when it comes down to these men, you give them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after red flag after red flag after red flag. They don't knock you across your head. They don't cheat it on you. They don't dare all of these different type of things to you. But when it comes down to a, a friend, oh, the minute she don't text you back, oh, I'm done with her. The minute she can't make an engagement, oh, oh, she ain't real. She ain't a real friend. But that Negro didn't show up to you. Woo. Let's come on. We as women, we got to stop it. We, we really do. We really have to stop it. We really have to stop it. We got to stop the self-sabotage. We really do. We really do. When you gonna start giving your friends grace? When you gonna start being gracious to them too? When you gonna start giving them chances? Now, I ain't, I'm not talking about friends who are obviously uh, not right in their heart. But when you gonna start giving them grace? When you gonna start doing that? When you gonna start saying, oh, you know, I, I promise you, if, if, you're, if you're talking to a dude, and, you know, he give you an excuse or a reason why he did something. You're going to be like, okay, baby. But when he comes down to a female and she give you one excuse and it can be a real excuse as to why she can't do something. You're like, oh, she ain't no real friend. We, we really got to cut the mess. We really got to stop that. I'm telling you guys, like if you're praying for God to send you real friends, you really have to stop that. You really do. You really do. I'm so serious, guys. You really, we, and I'm going to say we, we really have to stop that. Your friendship deserves that unconditional love as well. It really does. The scripture goes on to say, the moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. So the enemy want, the enemy is waiting on you. I told you that the enemy hates you and he wants nothing more than to see you fail. So of course he's going to try to trip you up. I received so many inboxes last week and even this week from people who is participating in the 90 day prophetic act and all hell seems to keep breaking loose in their lives all of a sudden. All of a sudden, now that they want to pray walls come, to come down in their life, the enemy doing this and the enemy doing that, all of this and this and that. What y'all thought he was going to do? We all knew what was going on. We all knew that that was coming. However, the enemy is already defeated. Again, remember Joshua, the promised land was already there. They just had to deal with the wall. Self-sabotage causes people to break things that are not broken. So we got to stop breaking stuff for no reason. We got to stop it. So when you're, if you're, how to identify when you're dealing with self-sabotage, you may have insecure attachment styles. And we talked about that before. Um, If you're on the podcast, you can go back and look at the different attachment styles. We talked about having an insecure attachment style. You may also have low self-esteem. Low self-esteem really causes you to self-sabotage because you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you're good enough for a good man or a fine man or an attractive man. You don't feel like you're good enough for good friends who really care about you. Like you really don't. 
You have a fear. You may have a fear of getting hurt. You may have a fear of commitment. You don't want to commit to anything. That's self-sabotage. Somebody's like, let's plan a trip next year. Oh, you, you don't want to plan a trip because you used to, um, you used to running away. You don't like committing to things because you got a history of not showing up. You got a history of things not working or following through for you. So you have a fear of commitment. When you have a fear of commitment, nine times out of 10, you attract people who also have a fear of commitment. You attract men who don't want to commit to you because you also have a fear of commitment. You are what you attract. And so when you keep attracting men who have a fear of commitment, you got to take a look at yourself and say, man, they don't want to commit to me. Could it be that I also have a fear of commitment? A fear of commitment could look like you signing up for stuff and then you dropping out of it. You not finishing it. You have a fear of commitment. You don't want to see things all the way through. You're always giving up. That's self-sabotage. Unhealthy relationship beliefs. You got unhealthy views of relationship. You see people the wrong way. That's self-sabotage. You believe that everybody out to get you. You believe that everybody is negative. You believe that um, there's no good people, you know, in the world. You believe that because your waist ain't small, you ain't going to get what you need, what God has for you. Because your skin color is dark, you ain't going to get what God has for you. Because whatever reason, your skin, uh, the, the way your skin is. You may not have long hair, you, you, whatever it is, all of these different things, you have a bad view of yourself and others. Another, some more examples of self-sabotaging behavior is procrastination. This is one of the biggest indicators that you self-sabotage a lot is when you procrastinate. You procrastinate because you also have a fear of commitment. If you're dealing with procrastinating all the time, you, 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 you have a hard time showing up for yourself and you have a hard time showing up for others. You procrastinate, you put things off on purpose. People who self-sabotage, they procrastinate. Procrastination leads to failure. Procrastination leads to you quitting. Procrastination leads to you not doing anything. Procrastination leads to you saying, sending that text message saying, I'm just not going, or I'm just not going to do it, or I can't show up, or I'm not going to make it, or I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Procrastination is a way you show others that you're never ready and you put off a good outcome procrastination does not attract success it's because of people fear disappointing others so you procrastinate instead you have a fear of disappointing others and you have a, a fear of failing or you have a fear of succeeding so you procrastinate instead and also perfectionism we're almost done Perfectionism is holding oneself to an impossible standard that causes delays and setbacks. You want everything to be perfect. So now everything is delayed for another year. So now everything is set back because you so quote unquote want everything to be perfect instead of taking action. While it seems like this is a positive strategy for you, sometimes you just gotta go, gotta move with God. 
And sometimes you just got to go with the flow of things. So how do we stop self-sabotaging? We got to examine the root cause. What's causing me uh, to to self-sabotage all the time? What's causing me to be like this? You got to also stop the procrastination. You got to begin to stop the procrastination and break out of that. And also another thing that causes us to not do anything and to self-sabotage is because we're always trying to, to look at the big picture. It's either I got everything that I need to do what I need to do or I'm not going to do it at all. I want to start the podcast, but I don't have a backdrop yet. I had a microphone. I had a computer, but I don't have a backdrop yet. So I'm not going to start the podcast at all. That's self-sabotage. It really is. Stop looking at the big picture because that's just going to cause you to be more overwhelmed. You have everything that you need right now. Everything. Stop trying to be a perfectionist. A perfectionist is is causing delay in your life. It's causing self-sabotage in your life. You have everything that you need right now. Oh, I want to go to the gym, but I don't have workout clothes. The devil is a lie. You better put on that old t-shirt and some short sweatpants, whatever, and do what you got to do. Oh, I want to eat better, but I'm not making enough money yet in eating out. I mean, eating healthy is expensive. The devil is a lie. I break that, that I break that saying now in the name of Jesus. The devil is a lie. Hey y'all, if you enjoyed this episode of Prayers and Bible Study, be sure to head over to Facebook and join the Praying Single Mom group. Uh, We would love to have you. We have Bible study every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's always an amazing time. God is always moving. If this episode blessed you, be sure to let me know in your stories. Be sure to rate and review this podcast episode. And we will be speaking with you guys soon. Be blessed.